Hi, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Crypto Chick Podcast, your inside resource for the latest blockchain and crypto trends. I'm your host, the Crypto Chick, Rachel Wolfson. Today, I'm interviewing Gleb Polienko, head of Exonum, which is the Bitfury Group's leading blockchain framework for enterprises. In this episode, Gleb talks about how enterprises are tapping into the Bitcoin blockchain. He goes into detail about specific use cases, such as how the Republic of Georgia is using the Bitcoin blockchain for timestamping. Gleb also shares with us breaking news regarding Hyperledger, something that you will only hear on this episode first before the announcement goes live. I know the suspense is probably killing all of you, so let's just get right to my interview with Gleb. Enjoy! Hi, so today I'm here with Gleb Polyenko. Gleb, welcome to the show. Hello, nice to meet you and thanks for the invitation. Of course, and I'm really excited about this interview today because we spoke a few weeks ago. I covered you for Forbes about what Exonim is doing with um, leveraging the Bitcoin blockchain. And that article has been such a success. So I'm really happy to have you on the show to further discuss that. Great, I'm happy to do. Yeah. So, Gleb, maybe start off first by telling our listeners who you are, what your role is at Bitfury, what you're doing with Exonum, and all of that good stuff. I am the head of Exonum project uh, inside Bitfury. So, uh, Exonum is uh, a private blockchain framework that we've started developing uh, a bit more than three years ago. Went uh, to public open source uh, two years ago. And uh, currently, I'm leading this project. I'm responsible for technical development and business development also. First of all, I think Exonum is so interesting because I cover enterprise blockchain, and not a lot of enterprises are kind of tapping into the Bitcoin blockchain, but Exonum is allowing that to happen. So can you kind of go into detail about that just a little bit? Uh, Yeah, sure. So uh, when we started developing Exonum and a bit before, I think, we saw that Bitcoin was rising. Many people started talking about it, talking about its possibilities. And uh, Bitcoin is really a great blockchain, the first one, the king. You can name it any anyway. And there were some attempts to use uh, Bitcoin blockchain to store digital assets uh, besides the Bitcoin itself. Uh, something like colored coins uh, was pretty popular. Uh, But then we understood that while Bitcoin is the most secure blockchain and it would remain uh, being the most secure, it does not allow businesses and governments to use it, mostly because it doesn't provide rich capabilities, the first thing, and the second thing because of the regulations. But at the same time, we saw that there is a request uh, for the immutability that Bitcoin blockchain provides. So uh, that's why and that's how we came to the idea of creating Exonum. So it is a private, uh, you can name it private or permissioned blockchain framework that allow you allows you to create any kind of business logic and run it. But from the very beginning, we were thinking, how can we connect this to Bitcoin blockchain uh, to get the same level of security that the Bitcoin blockchain provides. And uh, that's why while when we started designing Zonum, we made uh, several architecture decisions that allowed us to reach this uh, level of security in a permission blockchain without 
using somehow using Bitcoin in the way it should not be used. Mm -hmm. Right. I see. So, you know, how exactly, because I know that we talked, we talked about it um, last time during the interview for Forbes about the anchoring feature that Exonim offers. And that's kind of what makes it unique. I mean, how, how do you tap into the Bitcoin blockchain for these enterprises to use? Actually, we use Bitcoin as the global public accessible immutable storage for some kinds of some kind of information so uh in exonum exonum can uh, periodically make uh, some kind of snapshots of the system which are really really small and we can put this uh snapshots uh to bitcoin automatically uh you can do it each block for example in bitcoin you can do it once per hour once per day, and that depends on the use case. But for the use cases that we met and we saw, uh, I think the period of one day is the most popular one because uh, when uh, a government uh, agency finishes its daily work, uh, it just like automatically saving what they have done to the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, saving it to Exonum and connecting it uh, with a Bitcoin blockchain. After that, they are sure and uh, everyone uh, who used it are sure that nothing would be changed after this point. Mm -hmm. I see. And is that what you call the anchoring feature of Exonum? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was uh, actually, it was uh, a popular concept uh, those days. So uh, other developers were thinking about it but we've started designing exonum thinking of anchoring as one of the core features that should be and designing exonum in a way that the auditability would be based on the things that are saved in the bitcoin block. Mm -hmm. i see got it so i mean and i know that like we already discussed the exonum blockchain does have similarities to ethereum and Hyperledger, mainly IBM, uh, well, Hyperledger Fabric, which IBM blockchain uses. But this anchoring feature is really what sets Exonum apart from both Ethereum and Hyperledger, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, of course, uh, you can add uh, anchoring as a feature uh, to both Ethereum and Hyperledger installations, but it would not provide the level of auditability that mm, we have. I see, right. And I think that a lot of this is about data and preserving data and ensuring that, you know, data isn't tampered with and, and that this information is accurate. I mean, what does the role that data plays in all of this? So basically, when we talk about the private blockchains, uh, people, sometimes people think that if it is a private blockchain, you can delete anything there you can rewrite, you can do the double bookkeeping or whatever. But with the anchoring, what anchoring allows us to do is to do all the stuff inside the private blockchain, do whatever we want, uh, and then save the picture of the whole blockchain, which is pretty small to the Bitcoin. That's how the data is secured. So after the anchoring, you cannot change something. Uh, and in many cases, uh, like the property registration, 
uh, you're not doing it during one day. So you can see the results of uh, what you've been doing. And you see that these results were anchored to the Bitcoin blockchain uh, while keeping these uh, anchors really, really small and not disclosing any sensitive data. Yeah, that's obviously very, very important. And that's what, you know, blockchain networks do best. I think, you know, it's it's preserving data and but still having that data be transparent to the, the players in the network. So I think what Exonim is doing in terms of data and, and preserving data and having that on the Bitcoin blockchain is very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about use cases, because now that you've kind of explained what Exonim is and, and how you're leveraging the Bitcoin blockchain, what uh, enterprises are actually using Exonim and how are they using that? We have uh, pretty big things happening with Exonim in medical and music industries. So we've uh, partnered with the Longenesis. Uh, so Longenesis actually is a joint venture of uh, Bitfurent and Silicon Medicine. And we're building a consent, consent management system uh, that allows people to share, anonymously share their medical data to the researchers because it's a big problem for researchers to get the uh, medical data to create new medicine. We also launched a Surround, which is a company within Bitfury Group, uh, which uses Exonom to make the music industry all these connections between artists, uh, listeners, labels, and other people more transparent and make the money flow more transparent. So these are, I think, the things we're doing by ourselves. Uh, also, another big uh, medical company, Nebulogenomics, is also using Xonom for the consent management systems uh, to uh, track the medical data. We're also, uh, when, we, when we started developing Xonom, we saw uh, many use cases from the governments. So we worked with the governments of Ukraine and Republic of Georgia. So the Republic of Georgia was our first project and most notable one. So with it, with Exonum, we can revolutionize, we can change uh, the ways how a citizen can interact with the governments. Right now, we're in the process of distributing these systems, these kind of systems to other gov governments. Uh, I think I uh, can't uh, exactly say what governments now because of the non-disclosure, but I'm sure that you will see in the news in the upcoming year, many governments looking for the blockchain solutions and with us building them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most interesting use cases is what the Republic of Georgia is doing with Exonum. And um, I remember I read a report, Bitfury created a blockchain-based time stamping layer on top of the Republic of Georgia's existing digital land registry system. Um, which allows land registry certificates to be timestamped and hashed on the Bitcoin blockchain. So, I mean, that's obviously very, very interesting. Um, I'm, wh what do you think about that? Yeah, so uh, actually, I think timestamping is the simplest way to integrate blockchain uh, without uh, immediately disrupting everything, all processes that exist. And uh, we see that governments are really comfortable with this model. So 
by time what is actually time stamping it is uh the process when you have any kind of document or any data and uh, you put it in a blockchain that's why it receives a timestamp so you can exactly say the date and time when this document was created and uh, this may sound really simple but it allows many use cases for different uh, industries and many government cases because when you are able to verify any document at any point of time to see that it hasn't changed and it appeared in the certain uh in the certain day in the certain time uh that gives really big mm -hmm. opportunities when we say about the idea of putting everything on smart contracts which is i think more a hype uh word we see that there is a big resistance from the regulation perspective and uh, personally i understand this because uh the governments uh they started changing maybe some decades ago when the computers started to uh dive into the government infrastructure the databases uh were migrated from the papers to digital world and it was a really long process for many governments and uh putting everything on blockchain is more complex uh because you do not only need to change the way you store the data but you need to change the way how the government and the citizen interact with this data but we see progress in this uh direction so i think in the nearest one or maybe two years we would see the smart contracts appearing in the governments and uh, one of the hottest use cases that we saw was the uh process of uh buying and selling property or land or something very expensive because uh uh fraud is a really big problem in these areas and uh with the blockchain and smart contracts we believe that we can eliminate it right yeah i mean it makes perfect sense um and it sounds like it would be you know the perfect solution to a lot of things actually but especially for governments i mean i know that you know you can't talk about every government that's using this i mean obviously there's some information you can't tell us just yet but you know although it is such a good solution i want to know in your opinion why you think there are still very few use cases out there is it because of regulations is it because maybe transaction costs associated with bitcoin are really high i mean what 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 do you think i think there are two reasons and they might be different for for developed and developing countries so in developed countries when you say let's create a blockchain for some use case we saw in many times that uh people said well uh we're okay with the systems that we have now we're secure uh we're sure they are working as they should work and uh we don't need an additional layer of security that's what we've heard i think two year two three years ago uh but if you look uh into the current uh tenders that are happening in united states in european union you can see that governments started 
are starting to first to play with the blockchain to see what it brings. And then uh, in a while, we'll see that they will start integrating them. Uh, mostly because of the trust problem. So we, I can refer to the Edelman Trust Barometer. Uh, it is a global survey uh, of both developed and developing countries. And uh, the amount of uh, people that trust their government is something about 50% all mm-hmm. over the world. It's a bit more in the developed countries, but it's, it's not that big. It's not 100%. And that's why I think the developed countries are want to use blockchain. In the developing countries, the problem is uh, a bit uh, different. So uh, many developed countries uh, have uh, citizens that don't trust their government at all. And uh, they can change it with the blockchain uh, really quickly. But the problem is in the bureaucracy and the existing processes, because if you put everything on a blockchain, you immediately lose all possibilities to change it. And uh, this is the first thing. And the second thing is that digital registries are not, uh, let's Mm -hmm. say, clear. Because still many, uh, many assets are stored in a paper way. And that's why it's not happening really fast. uh, But we see a big movement towards the blockchain in any kind of countries all over the world. Right, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, over the course of time, we're definitely going to see more countries wanting to use blockchain because these use cases just make so much sense. And I mean, even what we're already seeing with like the Republic of Georgia, it's such a good example that will set the stage for this to, you know, be adopted by a number of other countries, which I'm sure you guys are already working on now, which is exciting. Yeah, when we when we started the project in the Republic of Georgia, they were number three in doing business rating in terms of uh, easiness of property registration. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's a really good position, I think. But they still wanted to make it more transparent, uh, more clear, and uh, easier for their citizens to. Right, definitely. It's also interesting because while a number of enterprises now are using blockchain and they are looking at blockchain, a lot of them are using Hyperledger, for instance. Um, so I think, you know, maybe there's a fear, I think, when enterprises hear. Bitcoin blockchain. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think, yeah, do you think that enterprises are hesitant to kind of use Exonim, or do you think that you know, um, as this becomes used by more governments, you know, other people are going to want to use it? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Actually, to start with, uh, I can say that this feature is optional. You can anchor to other blockchain or you can anchor in a newspaper so you can put this time this uh, uh, timestamp of the whole blockchain in a newspaper and this happened in Mm -hmm. some countries we saw this uh, a while ago Uh, but we uh, as a company as Bitfury we've launched uh, initiatives to educate the regulators educate the governments to say that Bitcoin blockchain is not a scary thing. It's just a global registry of some actions happening all over the world. 
and you should not be afraid of this. Uh, if you think about Bitcoin as a storage, uh, there's no problem to use it. Yeah, that's interesting because obviously, you know, right now people think of Bitcoin, they, they think of cryptocurrency, they don't think of enterprise blockchain, that's for sure, which is so interesting about Exonum and so impressive. And, and Gleb, you mentioned there's some news that you had about Hyperledger. Can you talk about that? Uh, yes, uh, sure. Really good news. And I'm happy to share it with you uh, that last week, uh, Bitfury has joined uh, Hyperledger Consortium as a member. And uh, we're sure and uh, our founder, uh, Valery Vavilov, is uh, a dreamer who always says we should not compete, we should collaborate. And we believe that at the current stage of blockchain, there is no need for competition. The market is really big and growing. And if we unite our power, it would be much better. And the future that we uh, dream about would come much faster. Yeah, that's so exciting. So everyone that's listening to this now knows that Bitfury has joined the Hyperledger Consortium, which I guess Hyperledger announced, but you guys actually haven't announced that as a company just yet, or now is the first time, I guess, right? Yeah, I think it was uh, announced on Thursday or Friday Mm -hmm. last week. So we need some time to make them. Got it. Got it. Well, that's super exciting. Do you think that that was a, I mean, I'm assuming you think that was a strategic move to join the Hyperledger Consortium, but... Yeah, 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 sure. Because uh, we see that the companies, the software vendors uh, and the big labels who want to use these blockchains, they are, I think, 80% of them are in the Hyperledger. And we think that with the consortium, these uh, activities would be more productive, uh, the first thing. And the second thing, which uh, we're also thinking about, uh, thinking about, is the interoperability of the blockchains, that if we work in a consortium, we could uh, get to a better world when the blockchains are interoperable by default. I think the this and next year would be the year of interoperability in the blockchains. Because uh, we believe that uh, there would not be one blockchain to Mm -hmm. rule everything, maybe Mm -hmm. only the Bitcoin blockchain, Uh, but uh, the permissioned blockchains would be different. Uh, Different companies would pick uh, the blockchains with uh, different characteristics uh to use for their cases and uh we need to think about the future think about the how this blockchain would be interoperable right yeah i mean what i love about blockchain is that it's kind of like everyone unites because like you said interoperability is so important here and there are different use cases that require different blockchains and so it just makes sense for everyone to kind of unite and join forces so you know, enterprises can have the right solution. So I think that's that's a really good move on on Bitfury's behalf to join Hyperledger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the same. And uh, with we we saw the request for interoperability when we were working with the governments because we believe that in a big government that would there would not be one blockchain 
to store everything and manage all processes. Instead of this, each ministry would uh, hold several blockchains uh, for different purposes, but they need to be interoperable. So the identity management should be connected with the registries and uh, vice versa. So we see that there is a need and we're also working. Right. That's wonderful. Um, Any other news that you want to let our listeners know here first? I think uh, the big news would be coming soon. So we're working hard and working a lot to deliver new things that uh, I can describe as following. We want the blockchain world to be accessible by people and by companies who are who can be scared right now of the blockchains because uh you know the cryptocurrencies cases and the bitcoin cases when someone loses the money and they cannot recover them are really sound dangerous and uh, uh people and companies think we should wait a bit while all these problems would be solved. Uh, But we think that we can bring the blockchains and make them easy like uh, the other technologies that are uh, already existing, like databases, uh, cloud technologies, uh, and many others. Right, because I think, you know, enterprise blockchain, a lot of these projects are cryptocurrency neutral. So no cryptocurrency is even involved. It's really just about like data and securing data and having companies unite. I mean, it's kind of like the next evolution of the internet and it really doesn't have to involve cryptocurrency. I mean, it could like, you know, IBM's Worldwide Network, just as an example, but a lot of these use cases, it's really the technology and not about cryptocurrency. And I think that these enterprises are starting to recognize that and seeing the benefits of blockchain technology. Um, And then there's, you know, they aren't as frightened as much. So, you know, when you hear these horrible stories about hackers and cryptocurrency being lost forever and every, you know, everything is ruined, it's like that has nothing to do with enterprise blockchain. Yeah. uh, So public blockchains and the cryptocurrencies, they are good, but they are good for some cases. Mm -hmm. I think that if we're talking about mostly the government systems where for example, your property is stored, I think you would not be happy if uh, this would be on a public blockchain. Uh, someone would steal your key and you will lose everything in one moment. But the analogy of blockchains and the internet is really, really good because, yes, we have internet, we have public accessibility, but still governments and enterprises, they have local networks which work inside them without letting the people they don't don't want to be there inside the security perimeters. And you can think about the local networks as the permission blockchains, uh, which uh, allow only certain people to write information or to access the information. And the public blockchains about the connecting these uh, permission blockchains and to make them interoperable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I'm really glad you said that. Wonderful. Well, Gleb, this has just been so great speaking with you. It's always a pleasure. Um, 
If our listeners want to follow you and keep up with the progress of Exonum and Bitfury, how could they do that? Yeah, so they can. I'm mostly active in Facebook. You can find me with just typing in my name. I think and I hope I'm the only Glapalienko mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, but you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is Exonum Glab uh, without a dot. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, would be happy to see people uh, following me. And uh, I'm always happy to share the news either on social media or in such good podcast as yours. Oh, thank you. Well, it's it's been a pleasure. And I hope that I have more news to announce soon on other platforms. So thank you again. And I'm sure our listeners are just so grateful to have heard you um, speak today. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you and have a good day. Thanks so much for joining us today. You can find further information in the show notes to learn more about Gleb and Exonum. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Crypto Chick Podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, if you have time, please leave me a review. I enjoy hearing your feedback. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at RachelWolf00, on LinkedIn, or on Instagram at Blockchain and Bikinis. Thanks for listening. See you all next time.